Hello, and welcome to Make Mine Multiversity, the best podcast in our universe for exploring the Marvel multiverse. I'm Elias Rosner. And I'm Jana Hill. And this time we are going head-to-head in comparing our powers of prophecy. One will rise, one will fall, and both will have to watch a crappy movie. Excelsior. For those of you who are just joining us or may have forgotten since last year or maybe a couple months ago, maybe it was only one month ago, uh, when we uh, picked our 2023 predictions. This is a revisitation of our 2022 predictions. So at the start of the year, we said these are 10 things that we think will happen in the year. If we got it right, we get a point. If we get it wrong, we get a zero points. And if we can make an argument for it, sometimes we can get half a point. Uh, Elias and I have found we're both very um, permissive and uh, gracious uh, losers. So uh, a lot of this is going to be us kindly litigating whether or not we agree that something counts or doesn't count as a point. (laughs) Yeah. And the stakes have never been higher because if I win, if I get the most points, we have to watch for an episode. It is going to be a a break episode at some point, I think. Uh, Or no, it's going to be after we finish Eternals. We're going to have to watch Howard the Duck, the 1980s movie. And if Jaina wins, we get to watch the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie director's cut, which is far superior than the regular cut, but still a very much a product of its time. Oh, yeah. I, I know that scene of him him grabbing onto the cross on the church. Yeah, great. I'm, I so I really hope I win. perfect. <laughs> I want to watch that movie. I, I, I really want to win, too, because I'm like, I want to see the Howard the Duck and then have to talk about it. I mean, I will have things to say about Howard the Duck. So that's the stakes for today's game. And we are going to um, go down our predictions back and forth, keeping score and uh, no doubt arguing. But uh, before we get into our 2022 game, we wanted to look ahead to our 2023 predictions. Because next year, Elias and I have agreed that... Um, the uh, if the loser will have to read a comic whose artwork is just anathema to them, who they cannot stand. Yeah. Uh, originally, I was going to pick uh, Supreme Power, but I really didn't want to read that again. And instead, I decided that if we have to do this, inspired by the last episode, we're going to read Major X... The Rob Liefeld 2019 comic. See, I'm smiling because I've like read that. I've read literally every issue of that and it's wild. And I like, no, I I know it won't kill me because I've done it once before. Yeah. I also have read an issue of that. And then the zero with issue that came out afterwards. And I'm just like, this has everything I hate in comics. And I think it would be interesting to talk about. That's the one where Storm and Cable bone, right? God, I don't know. Spoiler alert. I can't remember anything other than those giant calves. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a very exciting pick. Um, and I'm going to pick something that I think you will be as intrigued by as I am by Major X. Okay. And that is Captain America in Dimension Z. By yes! Rick and uh, see that you want me to now the stakes are on right now we really want to win I know I, I don't know because that's your pick what is my pick for uh, Dimension Z dude we have to read the I think it's 12 issue arc by Rick Remender and John Romita Jr. 
Mm-hmm. I uh, think that the Ramita, I think that Ramita Jr.'s art in that like totally scuttles the entire premise of being in a weird dimension. And I've <laughs> wanted to talk to you for a long time about uh, John Ramita Jr.'s talents. And I thought this would be a great showcase to get on my nasty little soapbox. Okay, I'm I'm excited to see who will win in 2023. But before that, we got to do our 2022 predictions. So you you have us rating it uh, 10 to 6. Does this mean we're go- I should read what was 10th on my list? Or are we just going to go down the list and do 5 and 5? You know, I didn't think it through. We're just going to do 5 and 5 because I, I thought these were ranked for some reason, but they are not. No, sadly, they are not. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Why don't you kick us off this time? Okay, so my first prediction was that Hickman will write a new X story, be it a four-page or a limited series, uh, which didn't count the X-Men Unlimited stuff since he was already writing for that, um, and it was just being released. Uh, I did not win this. I don't think Hickman wrote a single Marvel book. Maybe he wrote a story in, like, one of the anniversary issues somewhere, but I I don't remember him writing any X books. So, sadly, I don't get that point. I don't, I don't think he wrote any either. And um, I remember at the time I was, when we, you made this last year, I was very skeptical. I did not think that Hickman uh, ending was so dramatic. I didn't think he would come back just for a little, uh, a little tease. If he's coming back, he's coming back in style as we will discuss later on my list. Yeah. Yeah. So no points for me. Um, well, don't you worry. My first prediction of last year was that the last issue of Kieran Gillen's Immortal X-Men would be solicited. Ooh. That has not happened. That has not happened. Kieran Gillen is still writing Immortal X-Men. I mean, if anything, the book is better than ever. I think issue eight came out recently at time of recording. Um, you could be right. With no end in sight. I, I remember last year at this time feeling like Kieran Gillen returning to superhero comics was as outlandish as I thought Hickman was. So I'm pretty shocked, actually. I thought And that, he uh, said in his newsletter that he's in it for the long haul. Yeah, just I remember when he left... He didn't want to close the door on anything, but it sounded like he was pretty done. And now he just seems like re-energized. And his superhero book is some of the best stuff Marvel's publishing. Oh, yeah. For sure. The only one giving him a run for his money, really, is uh, his good buddy Al Ewing. Mm. Um, But yeah, so uh, Kieran Gillen's still on Immortal X-Men. I guess I'm happy to be wrong. (laughs) Yeah, this is one of those predictions where where you were happy to be wrong. I'm sad that, that my next one is also wrong. Uh, oh, yeah. Ben Riley will stay the main Spider-Man. It wasn't going to happen, but I was Was hopeful. Beyond happening or was Beyond about to happen when we made these predictions last year? Uh, when we made these predictions, Beyond had been announced. Uh, and I think because I think Beyond happened over the summer. When did yeah, I know Beyond know. happened very early in the year last year? Oh, you're right. It did. Because the current ongoing started last summer. Yeah. And Beyond was before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like Uh, 20-something issues and it was sort of weekly and yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so excited to go back and read that on trade. Oh, yeah. I think that's great. So Ben Riley did not stay the main Spider-Man. He is still around and honestly he's doing – he is in a perfect role in the main series. I love his like antagonistic force – but not like evil for evil's sake. Good shit. I mean, he's like strongly motivated for vengeance and everything, uh, which gets into like interesting sci-fi where it's like the personhood of a clone or whatever. Yeah, and it's complicated by the fact that it, the, his memories are tainted. And that um, 
he was victimized by one of our most beloved heroes. Yeah, yeah. But not really. Like, he was, but the way he thinks about it is not true. But that makes is what makes it so interesting. Because it is and isn't true. Now, your prediction was specifically that he would be the main Spider-Man. And oh, that yeah, is yeah, not, yeah, I lost. I lost that's that That's not true, but any uh, stretch. But do you remember what his code name is currently as Dark Web is starting up? Uh, spinning up? Chasm. Chasm. And I've liked Chasm better than almost any version of Ben Riley, or counting the Beyond story into this. Yeah, because Scarlet Spider wasn't that interesting. Yeah, this is a much better way at reaching at the existential stuff. And I like that it immediately, like after that, uh, the 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 bad guys and the evil forces in Ben Riley stories are now the kinds of villains that like make you doubt your sense of self which is his whole problem Mm -hmm. so it's like reality warpers and like demon princesses and stuff and he's in that zone now of like people playing mind games i almost want to see like a chasm moon knight uh team up that would be interesting right because neither of them know who the hell they are and hollow's eve is just kind of there fucking with them both yes uh this is my next idea for chasm because i want to keep this ben riley run going it's, like, even better than if he was still Spider-Man. Yeah. That's why I'm not too sad about this. Like, I am sad. But also, what what Wells has been doing with Ben Riley is a good evolution for the character and his supporting cast. Yeah, and he's the main villain in Spider-Man at time of recording. Yeah. What was your number two? My number two. My number two was the obscure Doctor Strange character Casey Kinmont would appear in a comic. Did this happen? I don't think no, this so. Big uh, goose egg for me. Nope, didn't happen at all. Uh, Casey Kinmont has only appeared still in nine issues of Marvel Comics, no more than she did last year. Um, she was uh, mostly uh, from the Strange series written by Mark Wade. It's a shame that she didn't show up in Strange Academy. Yeah, right. And she shows up again in the um, when Mark Wade uh, briefly returned to Doctor Strange in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but her last appearance was she was involved in the uh, Infinity Wars, Infinity Warps story. Oh, yeah. Which was just like every mm. bottom of the barrel, most obscure character they could think of. Yeah, and it was not a great showcase of most of them. No, it was unfortunately not. No one really became the breakout star of that. No. I am not actually, I've gotten kind of cooler on uh, what's going on in the world of Doctor Strange of late. How about you? Are you enjoying contemporary Doctor Strange comic, or just strange now that it's Clea? Yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I think it's a little uneven. I I think he's... I I still like Jed McKay's approach, but I think he probably could benefit from focusing on single issues. Like I think I think Clea as Sorcerer Supreme would work better in that instead of what we've been getting, which is kind of her on a quest for, for vengeance and finding Steven. I'm like... Mm. Not, not, not ideal. Yeah, I, uh, I remember I was so excited because I had just gotten really into Jed McKay at this time last year. But, um, uh, yeah, his Doctor Strange or his the, the Strange ongoing has, uh, has just been okay for me. Yeah, I still think it's better than okay, but I, I, I feel you. I feel you on that. Uh, so my number three was that Young Avengers will return as a title. I just hear the sad trombones in the background. Again, when you said this last year, I was like, no way in hell. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and it didn't. Maybe next year. I mean, like, maybe, I I feel like now they're waiting for some sort of, like, multimedia thing, because Young Avengers is clearly going to be a movie in ten years or so, they think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't think they would because, like, you know, the last run of Young Avengers was still the Gillan McKelvey run. Oh, damn, you're right. And just, like, that was, that so set the tone of how people think about those characters now. And uh, those characters, they've been really um, becoming major deals in other people's books. Like how Wiccan and Hulkling were such a big part of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, all, they're populating other books so they don't really have a place on their own. But that's that's why I think we need a new Young Avengers team. Uh, so you're saying like a whole new team of like uh, the people. Oh, like, yeah. But but then the, the young team has been called the champions for so long now. Less fun. Yeah. Not that the champions have ever got me really excited. But um, but yeah, it's a like, cool I name. I like the characters in the champions. I but like the I characters. Think we, I like the name. Yeah. But I think we need like brand new heroes, just like almost everyone in Young Avengers was a brand new character. You know what I think they should be uh, doing? I want to see a new Runaways. All new Runaways. Ooh. Just the same name, completely unrelated characters, different evil parents, but that's the all that's the same. It's evil parents, their kids have superpowers, they run away. And it's like, yeah, I just think that's, it's time. Yeah, it's time. Maybe that's because I'm best friends with Nico Minoru in a video game, but I have (laughs) been eyeing my Digest manga-sized Runaways trades. Of late. Oh god, they did do those. I, I love those. I got those at a comic shop in Oberlin, Ohio. Ooh, Oberlin. Shout out to the Infinite Monkey. Ooh. So what's your number three? My number three was one that I had no certainty when I made it, but I was, you know, I thought that my odds were good, and I was right. Uh, I predicted Ryan North will write a limited series, and it will be wonderful. And, um... Ryan North did a Secret Invasion, unless I'm much mistaken. And it is still wonderful. And it's wonderful, right? Secret Invasion is just like a little bop. I think I I think I was like, we know that Ryan North is writing a series at the beginning of the year. I think Secret Invasion had either been announced or had been teased. Um, so it was more of, it will be wonderful. And it is wonderful. It's not over yet, but... I yeah. think you can get the point. It's not over yet. Um, and then also, this was the year that, um, that Ryan North uh, started, I think... His first ongoing since Scrollgirl ended, yeah? Yeah, Fantastic Four. That is an ongoing. Am I crazy? I sure as hell hope it is. It's supposed to, but like, it seems like they want us to think it is. Yeah, it feels like it, and I think it has the the power to keep going. It was announced as an ongoing, and he had, you said he has plans for quite a while. Good, because that is some of his strongest writing ever. Like, that's the, the biggest evolution of his style I think I've ever seen. Secret Invasion is still kind of in his... Uh, old adventure time hijinks mode yeah and fantastic four feels like he's hitting a whole new level of like confidence and style and panache um and like it doesn't have to always be um be a funny cartoon the characters feel a lot more um like uh relatable and have like deep emotions Mm -hmm. instead of deep emotions instead of big emotions that's that's how i feel like his style is evolving that's ooh, ooh that's an interesting way of putting it i like that Thank you. Right, because Squirrel Girl was always like a melodramatically yelling, interesting stuff that I would really feel. But like Ben Grimm seems like he's hiding, uh, you know, uh, mysterious feelings when he's on a magical vacation with his wife. Yeah, and he's clearly struggling with with how he feels about Reed at the moment, and that clear and like we see the surface of that, but it's clearly deeper than it it, it is. Yeah, the book it's uh, it can be melancholy even while it's being and funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think North has ever really uh, explored those emotions. I love no. it. No, I love it. So my number four was that Secret Invasion won't suck. This is specifically the TV show. 
it didn't air in 2022 like it yeah, was supposed to <laughs> never never uh, bet on um like a, a tv thing happening when they say it's supposed to happen they are at there's there the, the forces that control tv is so much larger than we can possibly comprehend so i both can't get the point but it didn't air so it could still be good I didn't I mean, specifically say that it would air. I don't think I get the point, but... Okay, I'll, I'll compromise with you. Uh-huh. You definitely can't get the point. However, you can now add that in as a retroactive 11th per, uh, prediction for 2023. Mmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we'll see if the, anyone else uh, adds them on. But you get an 11th. You can put that in with an asterisk. Okay, okay. I'll take it. Yeah. Because, like, uh, you know, there was a huge pandemic which changed schedules, and, like, TV shows take a long time to film. I think Armor Wars went from being a TV show to a movie again. Yes. Yeah, so, like, that completely changed formats. Uh, who knows if streaming will even exist in a year? Things aren't very stable in that industry. Streaming's gonna still exist in a year, at least on Disney. Um, well, they're banking on it, but who knows if electricity will exist in a year? <laughs> we could all be sent to the Dark Ages. You're very pessimistic about 2023. Uh, nobody likes you when you're 23. Uh, what's your number four? <laughs> My number four is the first dilemma that we're going to have to discuss. Ooh. Um, there will be announced, I said, an MCU Heroes for Hire thing with Charlie Cox involved. Mm. Now, 2022 is the year that Charlie Cox returned to the MCU playing Daredevil in an episode of She-Hulk, which honestly was pretty fun. Uh-huh. Alongside my girl, Tatiana Maslany, who might be one of my favorite living actors. He also had a cameo in one of the movies. Yeah, and he had a cameo. I think he had already had the cameo in Spider-Man by the time I was making the prediction. Oh, yes, you're right. And they've announced that they're making a TV show with Charlie Cox called Daredevil Born Again uh, with Vincent D'Onofrio returning as the Kingpin. So I correctly predicted that Charlie Cox would return as Daredevil. It's not called Heroes for Hire. And I don't even, like, there's no sign of Iron Fist or Luke Cage or anyone else, so I don't know, uh... Yeah, I don't think you can get the point. I think had the Spider-Man movie... Well, even then, because you specified, you you put more of the emphasis on it would be a Heroes for Hire show, and Charlie Cox would return as Daredevil for it. Not that Charlie Cox would return as Daredevil. Right, and when they announced Heroes when they when... I was waiting all year, and when they announced Daredevil Born Again, I was thinking I would make the argument that, like, oh, well, we're bringing back all these heroes for hire, even if the name isn't the same. But it's not even in spirit. It seems to be a totally solo Daredevil and his arch nemesis story. Yeah. Yeah, sadly. That seems to be the the case. Yeah, I really got burned. My my very favorite group of Marvel characters uh, really got burned in this whole experiment we call the MCU. I know. I was really excited for that Defenders thing when they announced it in, what, 2011? I think it was 2014 they announced it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, How sad. I'm kind of shaky on the future of uh, Daredevil properties and film, but uh, hopefully I'll be singing a different tune next year. Why don't you... What are you up to? Your number five? Yeah. So my number five was a new non-anthology title will be announced with a cartoonist at the helm. So That's very weird and specific. This did happen... So Steve Scroke, Scrocy, I don't know how to pronounce his name, and I should probably look it up, but was announced that he was having a miniseries, and then it was super delayed. Still hasn't been announced when it's coming back, other than that it's going to come back. And then there's the Peach Momoko Demon Days. I was just about to say Demon Days. 
And Demon Days is pretty anthology-like. Yeah, but it, each... it's telling one coherent story, issue to issue. Yeah, but each issue like changes perspective and, and changes titles. They all say Demon Days. So are you saying that it is an anthology so it doesn't count? Because um, mine was specifically a non-anthology Oh, title. a non-anthology. No, it's not so much an anthology that you have to lose the points on it, but you watch yourself. <laughs> okay. I think that's the first point we get. I got a point for Ryan North Limited. Oh, you're right. We did. You did. We're tied. Of course. Yeah, one to one. This is. I'm. I'm really sweating here. Yeah. What's your fi- What's your number five? Okay, my number five was my craziest one. Oh yes. Um, number five was another AEW associated wrestler would uh, get a Marvel credit on anything. Did it happen? No, it definitely didn't happen. So Nyla Rose, who's an AEW wrestler, um wrote an issue of Thunderbird, which actually ruled. You read that issue, right? Oh, yeah. Just a ton of fun and uh, dredged up weird old continuity, had some fun wrestling references, a blast. Um, mm. And since then, like, uh, C- CM Punk hasn't uh, written any more Marvel stuff, although he has in the past. And, like, no former wrestlers have appeared in other Marvel stuff, even though uh, some of them are appearing in Disney Plus shows, like the... Um, Percy Jackson show that's about to come out has three WWE wrestlers starring in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like clearly D- Disney is interested in hiring uh, wrestlers, but I I didn't even get it. The only major AEW news for the last year was the company started imploding after a bunch of their wrestlers had a real fight on on camera. Oh, and then they all got suspended and it's they've never really recovered. Oh, that happened dear. about six months ago. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So, like, a year ago, I was like, oh, my God, AEW is, of course, going to be on top as WWE uh, flounders. And then uh, the tables turned in about uh, summer of 2022. Well, I'm sure it'll turn again. Yeah, I'm sure they'll flip back. But uh, no wrestlers did any sort of Marvel anything that I could find. So I get a big zero for that. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice weekly podcast appearing on MultiversityComics.com. Which one of us time to check out books and shows on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed, like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinborough, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. And welcome back. We're counting down our top 10 predictions for 2022. And by top 10, I mean a list of 10. And by counting down, I mean we're going over to see who got it right. So far, the score is one to one. The stakes have never been higher. If Elias wins, we have to watch the Howard the Duck movie. And if I win, we are gifted with the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Um, We shall see who comes out on top as I I yawn my way through the rest. Yeah, well, I'm nervous, so I'm not yawning at all. I'm shaking in my boots. I've got this locked down. Oh, shit. Okay, so hit us. What's your number six? (laughs) Let's do it. My number six. Teeny Howard will spearhead the big X event of 2022, Giant Goose Egg. 
Wow, I said I blurted goose egg before, and I was like, that's embarrassing. I hope that doesn't catch on. And now you're repeating me, and it's even more embarrassing. <laughs> I started. I'm responsible for this. Yes, you are. Um, did Tini Howard do much X stuff in 2022 at all? No, she mostly did uh, the rest of Knights of X. It was. I, I feel like she was really winding down her Marvel stuff in general. She's still coming back with, uh, I don't know if it's a mini or a full series of Captain Britain, which I think is a, another good reorganization of priorities for the character. But she's mostly moved on to doing DC work. That's right. That's right. This was the year she started doing a lot of DC work. Um, She, um... She had a. I'm, I'm just reflecting back on on Tini's run with X Men, and it was a, she got to spearhead one of the best stories they've ever had, like one of my top X Men with uh, Ten of Swords. Yeah, and that was that really felt like her baby. And uh, in the turn order of all those writers that started, she felt like the first one whose number was getting called. Mm. So, uh, despite the fact that like I want all my favorite creators to be on all my favorite X books, I'm like happy for Tini Howard's career that she's. Uh, getting to stretch a little bit and uh, it doesn't get pigeonholed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she's doing Catwoman and Harley Quinn, which I'm excited for both of those. I haven't gotten a chance to read any of them <laughs> yet. Yeah, my DC books are, it's a, a mess. People, yeah, people would not believe the last time I read a DC book. I think it was yeah. six months ago. They wouldn't believe it. Um, Yeah, and uh, no offense to Betsy Braddock, but I think Harley Quinn is more of an A-lister these days. Yeah, much, much to possibly Teeny's chagrin. As she tried to bring her up. But like all those characters are in a better place than she found them. And I know people who started reading X-Men with uh, Hoxpox. Mm-hmm. And uh, every one of them loves Apocalypse. And there's one friend of mine who Apocalypse is like, I have no idea who this blue guy is. I love him. <laughs> so like Timmy Howard's take on Apocalypse just like totally made him a great character when he was a shitty character at the time when they tried to make a movie about him. So good on you, Timmy. <sighs> And Oscar Isaac played Apocalypse in a movie. Yeah, I know. It was a miserable experience. I had a fun time at the movies, but yeah, that movie sucks. Yeah, poor Oscar Isaac. He, gets to, he be got Moon to play Knight. Moon Knight, though. And if that Metal Gear Solid movie ever comes out, I'll get to be my favorite superhero, Solid Snake, who I'm Let's referencing hope. for the second time in our that row on our show. Come on, bring David Hayter in as a, as a writer. Yeah, Put David Hayter, if you're listening, we'd love to talk to you about comics. Put him on a Nick Fury book. Oh, hell yeah. Get ACO as the artist again. You're teasing me now. Now you have to predict this is going to happen. In 2024. 2024, yeah. That's when David Hayter's comic uh, career is going to hit a renaissance. (laughs) So what was your number six? My number six was a weird one. My number six was that there would be an animated anthology show in the style of Star Wars Visions, but with Marvel stuff. Mm, and I'm yeah. trying to think back what cartoon stuff even happened in 2022 with Marvel I watched a lot of old cartoons I mean they had more Guardians they had more they had the Spidey and his amazing friends a lot of stuff aimed at like kids yeah the younger uh, what if was 2021 just like a animation I, I keep on I have been waiting for Marvel animation to like kick back up since 2010 Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is going to be launching in 2023, but that's not what we're looking for. We, we haven't gotten like an Animatrix or a Batman Gotham Knights or, you know, Star Wars Visions. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing even like that. I was just like wondering how the animation scene was looking. And the answer is 
I mean, maybe this Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur thing will be the um, the shot in the arm it needs. Yeah, hopefully. I think most of their animation was has been on pause. I mean, animation has a long tail, so it takes them a while, a lot of lead up. Well, it's a long production process and a long tail. It's Oh, yes. It's, it's all stretched out. But yeah, I just like, um, there have been a bunch of fits and starts. There's been great cartoons in the last 10 years. Um, I particularly loved Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Mm, one of my favorites. Yeah, but uh, there's no there's no coherence and there's certainly not like a fun self-contained thing. Yeah, because the MCU wouldn't let it happen, apparently. Yeah, I, uh, yes, yeah, a lament for comics. What's your next prediction? Uh, Wiccan and Hulkling will head up a new story arc, be that as a mini- a part of a current ongoing, or the start of a new ongoing. So we didn't get a new ongoing, uh, but we did get a miniseries because the Infinity comic returned right at the tail end of the year. The the Infinity comic, like the online comic? Yeah, on Marvel Unlimited, featuring Wiccan and Hulkling, and they are in the title. Um, okay, I mean, we're... So- we're setting a dangerous precedent. We're saying that uh, digital comics in any form be the same as uh, paper comic releases. And I'm an old person and I'm scared of change. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think we can. No, it counts. It counts. Let's I'm see. just like, uh, I digital comics are in a really sorry state as we were talking off mic about. God, yeah. And... I can just like uh, that Wiccan and Hulkling comic. I wasn't really, I don't check Marvel Unlimited every day. I, I look for titles I want to read. I didn't even know it was coming out. I don't, it's not in my routine to be checking for that. Uh, and if that hadn't counted, then um, I was going to say, can we, can we count? Uh, oh God, what's it called? Uh, Guardian, Sword, X-Men Red. Well, that I was going to, I was going to say Reckoning War. They kind of played a important-ish role in that right no not really uh yeah that was not good all three of those add up at least to one probably 1.5 yeah so yeah point point to you why thank you i Uh, i'm just Uh thinking about like all comics are going to be digital and i'm going to have to be drag kicking and streaming into this future i found i found it i was trying to find it and it is in fact a six smart story arc in the love unlimited infinite comic that's why you couldn't find it jeez i need to get back in i I only read the infinite comics when they publish them in hard copy i should get into those they're great i from what i've seen and they're probably a better read online (laughs) yeah i i like read there have you ever read like an infinite comic on a small device not on a small device it's very pleasant actually i bet it's probably that's why i'm like i read this on tablet i'm like why is this so miserable it's because it's built for a phone yeah, it's built for a phone. And like, I I didn't get it before I read that one where uh, I think Hickman wrote it, where Wolverine is like doing a rescue operation on the moon. Mm-hmm. But like, it was so cool because he was crawling from the top of the panel. And as you scrolled, he would he was just getting like everything in the comic was like uh, the art was directed downwards. So as you pulled the panel downwards, like Wolverine would go down deeper into the base. And I was yeah, just like, holy so shit, cool. it turns out you could do cool stuff with a different format. Hmm. I was very, I was very sold. <laughs> That's how you do it. And right, yet what's I've your number seven? Complaining. Uh, my number seven is the Marvel Midnight Sands game will have very vocal haters, but will be great. And did it have very vocal haters? Yeah, I would say pretty much like um, to this day, there's some pretty uh, 
red hot steam reviews uh who are angry about the unpolished graphics of the game or whatever pisses those sorts of people off uh-huh um and i've been like going on the reddit enough that i know there's some people who are like going on the reddit to dunk on the game so clearly it's got some passionate haters um and my evidence because i, I didn't know if that would be enough is that marvel midnight suns if you go to the steam feature where you can look at the reviews over time uh-huh and you break it down you will see that in the first week the game came out um it had a um just like trending negative to uh mixed reviews and has since then although critically it was acclaimed with a let's see 83 on metacritic i would say that's why the claim that is yeah so i think uh the spirit of my prophecy came true right uh there were a small group of very loud haters and they continue to exist even though I and many critics are enjoying the game. Hmm. All right. I'll give you the point. Yes. Oh, geez. This is so tense. <laughs> yeah. My 10th my one is the, the last one we're going to have to litigate. Oh, okay. So my number eight uh, was that Leah Williams will write an ongoing with a major character. Uh, no what ongoings. The fuck? What the I'm like, so mad. I, I mean, so her current uh, X-Men series is uh, limited, right? Yeah, they, it was announced as an ongoing, but uh, then changed to a mini when it first came out. When the first issue came out, they were like, no, it's actually a mini. And um, and I wouldn't call the, none of those, I mean, Jubilee is like the closest to an A-lister. Right? Yeah, none of them. I was thinking, you know, like, she'd be announced as the new Deadpool writer or, you know, something like that. Or Captain America. Yeah, that's a, that's a moonshot. <laughs> Well, so just like uh, we really like bring her in as a comic writer and not like this weird uh, like sideshow who does like Zoomer freak stuff. Yeah. Because um, every time you, I read a Leah Williams comic, I'm like, whoa, this feels weird. Too. This is not what other comics read like. In and yet I want more. Voice. Yeah, there's I there's so it feels like she's the one who could like unlock the whatever the next big thing is. And mm. uh, and they keep opportunities keep on whizzing by her because of like covid or other big circumstances or whatever or someone just doesn't like how weird her books are yeah but like i i not that anyone should listen to me about anything despite me being a host of a podcast where we review comic books (laughs) but like leah williams is the answer i don't know what the question is but i think she's the answer she is the she is 42 not yet she's like 24 no but (laughs) I know what I know. You're referencing Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> it just sounded like you were saying she was middle aged, and she is not. All right, is that my number eight now? Yes, yes. Sorry, I totally spaced out for a second. No, that's okay. I, I'm also imagining a better world where Leah Williams writes Spider Man. Oh, that would have been so interesting. Yeah, it would be great. Uh, my number eight was that Junji Ito would draw a Marvel variant cover. Did he? shockingly i don't think he did i looked and i looked i don't think i got this one but like junji ito he's exactly the kind of person marvel wants doing uh variants right especially during you know halloween totally yeah spooky anime guy but like he's got a real following i junji ito fans i know will read anything he's even remotely attached to they they have like a google alert set for his name yeah Um, uh you, I was going to say, you can count me in that a little bit, because every time we do the manga column, I'm like, I gotta put the new Junji Ito book here. Yeah, it's just like, uh, doing it like nobody else. And is one of, like, I don't think he's underrated. He's one of those people who's getting, like, the acclaim in his time. Oh, yeah, for sure. He won an Eisner, didn't he, last year? Uh, yeah, he's won a bunch of Eisners. 
yeah. for, for the collections. Yeah, just like uh, that guy has broken into the American comic scene with uh, a level that is, you rarely see for people who are who are coming from outside it. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was, like, last year I was like, this is a shoe, and obviously Jinji Ito is going to do a Marvel comic, but nope. I, nope. I wonder if he uh, is, like, too cool for school. And he was like, I'm not going to be a corporate sellout like some people, Peach Momoko. <laughs> or they just haven't approached him. Or they just haven't. I kid also. Peach Momoko is great, and her Marvel stuff is great. Yeah. It's possible that Disney really doesn't want to, because they're like, hmm, his stuff is a little too gross for our clean image. And I'm like, all right there, Disney. As they uh, become more and more of the monoculture, that's going to be a harder uh, position for them to occupy. Oh, I think it's been a hard position for them to occupy for 20 years at least. They, they, you know, they put out an awesome new Predator movie on Hulu last year. That was a Disney movie. What's going on? No, but it's under 20th Century Studios. Yeah, which is owned by Disney, a subsidiary of the Disney company. But it's like New Line. That's where they put all their R-rated stuff for a long time. Yeah, I guess now it is they've like got New 20th Line. Century Studios. What a weird name in the tw- as the 21st century continues. Yeah, I know. It's very weird. Um, we did get Marvel Secret Reverse this year. Marvel Secret uh, Reverse. Yeah, it was uh, drawn by Kazuki Takahashi, the Yu-Gi-Oh guy. Oh, that's cool. It was Iron Man and Spider-Man fighting essentially like superhero villain Seto Kaiba. It was ridiculous. It was great. I uh, I don't know that I uh, definitely understood all those words you just said. But like, yeah, there's definitely uh, Marvel and anime hasn't uh, said goodbye to each other. No. Manga people are still uh, jumping in all the time. Mm-hmm. Just not the number one most popular guy. No. Uh, my number nine. Hit me. Russell Dowderman will return to interiors for some as-yet-unannounced project. Maybe Guardians with Hickman? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> that second part was a, if this happens, I get double points. But well, it probably wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it did not happen. But he did return to interiors on Hellfire Gala 2022. I don't know if we want to count that. Um, I mean, make it. You'll have to make a case for it. Uh, well, he did, did you... return to interiors. I did not specify that he would have to do more than four pages. <laughs> yeah, but I think the spirit of it was that he'd be announced as like the guy. So I could see you saying no. I'd love the point or a half point, but I can see you saying no. Um, you can have your half point. He no. I mean, you get the point. You said interiors. Okay. Did you? You got two points. You're right. I'm at two. What are you at? Three. With that. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. All right. Good. What's your nine? My nine sim- says, read my lips. Jonathan Hickman, Spider-Man ongoing. Ah. <laughs> that's why I was laughing so hard at your Guardians. Oh, no. Yeah, that's like, uh... God, can you imagine? Uh. What do you think? Like, put yourself, imagine yourself in Hickman's shoes. What would Hickman do with Spider-Man? I'll be honest, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I, it's unimaginable to me. Because, like, the best ideas I can think of were some of the crazier slot ideas. Spider-Verse. I guess I could see Hickman getting into the um, Moreland Inheritor stuff and, like, really fleshing out the uh, mythology there. That could be cool. Yeah. It'd be nice if he uh, undid one more day, but I think that's that's here to stay forever. Just like Loom World feels like it's one gross room with a long dining room table in it, right? Yeah. But like, I bet there's like crazy adventures to have in Loom World. That seems like a real cool spider 
location. For sure. Oh, uh, there's my best uh, idea to throw Hickman's way, I guess, off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Guardians would have been cool, too. Like, Guardians could really use somebody with, like, a macro eye for, um, for like, lore and mythology. Because I feel like this new series of just, like, dressing up some classic characters in new costumes isn't going to do much. Mm, we'll the originally announced Guardian series. I don't know. And uh, Hickman is... We don't... We still don't know his mystery project. A week God. into 2023, his uh, mystery project has barely been announced, but seems to be a follow-up to his S.H.I.E.L.D. miniseries that we read on this very podcast. We think. We don't know yet. I think that's one of my predictions for next year, actually. It is. But I gotta... Re- so, uh, two years in a row, hopefully I will get it right the next year and redeem myself. Elias, what is your number 10 prediction? I'm so scared to find out. Uh, we're going to see a ma- major status quo shift... That will end by years out. Maybe uh, this could be the fallout from Reckoning War. Timeless or whatnot. So I don't really want to count Timeless because apparently they're just turning that into Kang fucks around and gives you a a look at the next year of Marvel Comics. So Yeah, now that they're trying to make Kang happen. Yeah, the, the time, Timeless was not what I thought it was, uh, so it doesn't count. Like anything in timeless it's it's more of a teaser than than a you know this is what's gonna happen big shift whatever but the wreck but reckoning war i mean that's about as a, a nothing burger as nothing burger gets huge changes and then none of it stuck i guess okay so the huge status quo change in uh reckoning war i guess is when they found out that the watchers had like walled off the universe and that they only were like exploring a percentage of it yeah I guess. I was going to say also the moon blew up. Um, But there was no was consequences restored. even within Reckoning War to the moon blowing up. Yeah, exactly. I feel like at the end, the status quo shift is the uh, unlocking of the whole universe thing. I guess. Well, that hasn't really been explored in any meaningful way. And it doesn't look like Ryan North is concerned with that. And regardless, like, uh, yeah, Reckoning War definitely felt like it was going to be a big deal last year, and it truly was a self-contained thing. I'd also argue that there was some Avengers stuff that touched no one, like how the Phoenix Force is an echo right now. Nobody in the Marvel Universe knows that outside of the Jason Aaron Avengers book. Anything happening in the Jason Aaron Avengers book, like whatever mis- going on with Mephisto doesn't yeah. matter. Don't understand. So, did yeah, I get you the got point? The, yeah, you got the point. You got four. So uh, I think that you already win. I don't think I can... I only I have I one c- more try yeah. on it, too. What's your last one? My last one is one that does need to be litigated, is the Jason Aaron Punisher comic will set off an epic wave of controversy. Mm. Now, the critical word in that is epic, because I think it I think it set off some controversy. I The people I speak to definitely uh, think that it seems like it's in bad taste, but... I gotta say, fewer people noticed it than I thought. Like, hardly anyone talks about it at all. And people who are actually reading the book, including us, uh, seem to mostly like it. I think it's because when they announced it, Marvel PR did what it likes to do and put its foot in its mouth. And then as the story actually came out, people saw it when they read it. There wasn't, like, substance in it to object to besides just the general idea because the execution is actually taking that idea in an interesting way, as opposed to just, oh yeah, he's he's the leader of the hand now, in like the most uncritical way possible. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like uh, it's the epic wave of controversy certainly didn't happen, and there are just like solid calm criticisms being uh, leveled at it if people notice it at all. Yeah, 
I gotta, sorry. I don't I think know. you can get the point. No, I know, I know I can't get the point. <sighs> so, somehow, I pulled out four points. Yeah, I did not, would not have in a million years have predicted that. <laughs> well, that's, it goes to show that we're not the greatest at predicting things. Yeah, and now we gotta watch this Howard, when was the last time you watched Howard the Duck, Elias? A long time ago. Maybe, I... Yeah. Quite a while. I saw it in high school and it made me feel bad things. <laughs> you were so amped. Maybe we'll end up watching Daredevil again as well, but not uh, for the pod. Yeah, not for the people. We'll just do that for funsies. But yeah, uh, yeah we're going to do a Howard the Duck episode. I think we're planning on doing this like a commentary episode, yeah? Yes? That's to be determined, but uh, that's how I, I was going to say, I don't know how that works. Imagine, I don't know yeah, how it anyway. would work. Um, this has been fun. I love our prediction things. I love any podcast that does predictions for the year. It's just like uh, when you listen to a show and you stick with people for a long time, it's kind of like a fun game for me. Yeah. It'll, it's always nice to to also see how right or wrong we were. Because I thought some of my, my predictions were pretty out there. I think my 2023 predictions are far more out there. <laughs> we will find out. I mean, like uh, when I, yeah, like uh, the wrestling world certainly looks different. The video game world is different than it was a year ago. There's a ton of uh, Marvel video games coming out. Yeah. So who knows what things will look like in a year. Uh, but we will be there, at least for this, to find out. Uh, but next time, we are jumping back into the Eternals with, you know, it, it's technically significantly fewer issues than we have been reading before, but... I don't know if it's fewer pages, because we're reading Heroes for Hire, Volume 1, Numbers 4 through 7, and The New Eternals, Apocalypse Now, which is also called Eternals, The New Breed, Number 1. And if you're a trade reader, you can find The New Eternals in the Eternals Complete Saga Omnibus Hardcover, and then you can find the Heroes for Hire issues in Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and the Heroes for Hire, Volume 1. I'm excited. I love these comics. These comics are silly and good. I'm from ready. what I remember from being a child. We will find out <laughs> how they hold up. We'll see. There's their late 90s, early 2000s. So we're getting closer, getting closer to the modern day. Uh, but in the meantime, Jaina, where can they find you on the larger interwebs? Fewer places every day. I can still be found on multidiversitycomics.com, writing mostly about X-Men and some other stuff too. And uh, on other comic websites, such as the occasional column on Comic Book Herald, uh, my Twitter exists, and it is at rambling underscore moose. And I can be found at ramblingmoose.tumblr.com, because I'm that kind of old school. How about yourself, Elias? Well, people can find me, or at least find an account, at Quetzalish, that's Q-U-E-T-Z-E-L-I-S-H, that is on Twitter, uh, I predict that by 2023, yeah, I, that probably won't be active anymore. Uh, so you can also email me at my multiversity email, which is erosner at multiversitycomics.com. Feel free to reach out. Just don't send mean things my way. I, I would appreciate that. Send me funny memes. I like funny memes. You heard the man. Send him funny memes. Excelsior. Excelsior.